Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Estate Agents Podcast with myself, Andrew Overman, and my colleagues, Luke and Claire from Knightsbridge Estate Agents in Leicester. Morning, Luke. Good morning. Good morning, Andy. And uh, the Oracle that is Stephen Brown, SJB Consultancy. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Fantastic. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Andy, I do have a quick question that I need to ask before before we go into everything else. Why is Stephen Brown so awesome? Um, why is Stephen Brown so awesome? Like for me, the guy is just, um, an amazingly spirited mentor. Um, he's helped me, um, personally and professionally uh, for a number of years now. Um, he's, um, organized this, this mastermind group that we've spoken about in previous episodes. And, um, he's created this really, what I would describe as safe learning environment. Um, I think, uh, his estate agency background and experience is phenomenal and, um, you know, his, his willingness and want to help other people, um, is, is first class. So, um, I'm honored to count him as, uh, and his family as a friend. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I know, um, I've not known Stephen as long as you have, but he's walked that path that most of us have walked whether or not it's a good path or a bad path um but he is one of life's givers um and i know this is a little bit of an unexpected question that we were going to uh bring up first of all but um i we i just wanted to kind of show our appreciation for everything that stephen does um for the industry but also our close-knit community but also the members of the podcast that are that our family that are listening to it today so um thank you very much stephen for everything that you do Right. Can you start a game, please? <laughs> but I'm, very, no. I'm very, I'm very humbled. So thank you. No, there's no, there's, there's no starting again. But what we can do now, Stephen, uh, and there'll be no outtakes in this podcast whatsoever. So, um, thank you. What we, but what we will do is that let's get back on uh, with um, our uh, normal podcast. And um, last time we were speaking as a group. Um, you talked about some magic questions or a magic question. And did anyone actually um, get in touch with you, Stephen? Yep, we've got six listeners. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, genuinely, what's what's been really interesting, what's been really exciting is I just want to say thank you to the people who are contacting all of us. I know, Luke, you've had people that have been in touch and you've had people that have been in touch. I've had people, ex-greening company um, employees, that um, one who's now lives in Spain who's contacted me, um, one who works a lot closer to where I was who's contacted me, um, and loads of other people have sent Facebook messages, WhatsApp messages, all giving us support, all giving us feedback. Um, today, I know we're going to talk about some of the questions that we've actually been asked, so we're going to answer those questions today. Um, but yeah, I had six people that contacted me, um, some who I've never heard of before, um, which, you know, it, it means a lot, um, that people actually listening, that you're getting value of it. Um, I think we got over the first, um, 
two-run is issue, um, our sinking issue, which, <laughs> um, which was great. Me answering the question to you, then asking the yeah. question. So um, we're a little bit more advanced now. Um, but don't don't compare our chapter one to someone else's chapter ten, Stephen. That is very true. That's very true. We're we're learning all the time with it. We are. We, we are. are. So. Um, but now I appreciate all the feedback. Um, the offer still stands. So the magic question is still here. It's not going away. Um, so please, please, please um, contact me via SJB Facebook page. Um, some of you have got my mobile number, WhatsApp, um, Messenger, um, whatever it is, email, please get in touch and I will happily give you that question um, with pleasure. And I know, Luke, you've been having some success with that question. Yes, yeah, no, no, def no, definitely, which um, I will allude to a little bit later. So that's just a little bit of a teaser to keep everyone listening. So some successes we've had uh, with that. But um, again, Stephen's contact details are all in the uh, comments section of the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes. So look, look him up, his Twitter handle, Facebook uh, handle as well, as are mine and Andy's. So... Yeah, and I, I just want to say, you know, to, to, to add to that, um, just want to assure all of our listeners um, that your messages um, and uh, your, your reaching out to us is really appreciated. And we do read and share um, amongst a private WhatsApp group between ourselves, every single one of them. And we are humbled by the feedback. And um, it's really encouraging uh, to start receiving listener questions. And I know we've got a few today. So, uh, Luke, did you want to kick off with the first one? Yeah, so this is one uh, that Stephen shared with us. Uh, the person has asked to be um, or remain anonymous, but um, should you walk away from a potential instruction if you believe that it, it is severely overvalued or overvalued? Good question. It is. Um, that's my part of the industry, I suppose, isn't it? I'm a, a manager lister. Um so listen, uh, I said, and I touched on in a previous podcast, a listing is a liability until it's sold. And I genuinely believe that. So I think for me, um, I look at every instruction, I look at the commercial viability. Um, I think it's about educating the vendor. Um, I think it's about working with the right clients, uh, ones that are a good fit for you and, and vice versa. You believe you're a good fit for, for them and you can reach the, the best results. So, I mean, I, I don't know what, you, you know, your guys take on it is, but for me, um, I walk away. Um, I think that uh, we're time pressured. I think that we need to dedicate the right amount of time to, to our clients to get the best result. And, um, you know, for me, yes, I, I'd walk away. That's in, it's interesting. Um, and I don't uh, disagree. Um, however, I think, a lot of it depends upon the individual conversation. So, um, so for example, within our business, um, we will sometimes test a price, but we won't go to the open market. So we'll go to a very closed market to start with, because sometimes you don't know what a property is going to sell for. It is very much a matter of opinion. Yes, you do have all the statistics and figures to back it up, but sometimes the market can surprise us, even when the market isn't as busy as what it used to be um, or if we do come down to seasonal slowdowns so sometimes what we'll do and this is taken from um, some training and learnings that I had with Josh Fegan where we kind of do a list to launch stage so 
we will offer it to our database or, or a select few on the database, get them round and just get their opinion on price and, and listen to what the market's got to say. But then also to that vendor, that's not what we're telling him anymore. That's now what the market is telling him so or her. So um, perhaps they may then listen to that more rather than just spoiling it all in one go and literally launching it all to the market, going on all the portals, going on your website, going on social media. Um, and then you can maybe do a slight adjustment so you're not damaging that first impact because we all know that within the first four weeks you do get that biggest impact in terms of its reach with a property launching. So it, it is very much individual and it, I suppose it does depend upon those conversations that have gone on with the vendor um, at, at the time and also if they've acknowledged why you're suggesting it is overvalued and you've put all the supportive evidence there and also I suppose depending upon fee. Are you getting it at the right fee that you're happy with? Because there's no point still listing it if you're not happy with the fee that you're getting. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the critical point there is not launching it to the market visibly. Um, it's testing the market in the background so that you're able to have a constructed, uh, constructive and criti uh, critical conversation with your vendors prior to launch. I think that's a great yep. idea, Luke. Stephen. And that's where the price feedback comes in um, from what we talked about last time. So just asking potential viewers on all of your properties where you're arranging viewings, what is their price? Where do they feel the property sits in the market? That's where price feedback is imperative. I spot on with your advice there um i totally agree um i think there's a few things um properties sell i think there's some stats out there that sometimes it's best to get the property second time round um, when it hasn't sold and then you get the fee that you deserve um is one thing i think you're totally right about the list to launch as well get your five hottest buyers round that would dictate how much your property is actually um worth um as well and um get some feedback from the people um and then that will tell the vendor exactly um what he should or shouldn't be or they should or shouldn't be doing so i think the, the advice there is definitely definitely spot on and sometimes i would walk away i mean you know i'm sure you on a, a daily basis and everybody else and i certainly did when i was an agent agents would um, consistently overvalue properties just to win the instruction and I remember going back years and years ago um, I went to see a property and um, I had valued it at 500,000 and another agent had valued it at 750,000 so you as a vendor what are you going to do obviously you want to get 250,000 pounds more and I appreciate that but after 12 weeks, I then got a phone call to say, look, it hasn't been sold. It's come down from 750,000 to 700,000 to 650,000. It's now um, just, they've just asked for another rejection of 600,000. What do I think it's worth? So I said, well, I still think it's worth 500,000 um, pounds. And they disinstructed that agent. We got it on and we sold it at the price that was right. Um, all that agent has done is wasted that vendor's time um, and it's just absolutely crazy um, and you wonder why agents have a have a bad name so it's um, it's scary out there um, I know gents both of you want to jump in so whoever wants to go first yeah so I just want to ask um, on that because look I, I work in a marketplace where 
if you didn't have the instruction for, for I would say for the last three years, you know, listings have been selling themselves. Let's face it, guys, it's been easy, uh, you know, over the last three years, hasn't it? But I think we're in a changing market now. Um, and I think that that's, that's visible. Um, I think it's challenging and changing at the same time. And that means we have to adapt. And I want to jump on what you said there, Stephen, secondhand instructions um, and really get a feel for, for what yourself and Luke think. Um, do you think they're going to become more prevalent in the market as we are now seeing it versus two years ago? Um, yes. Um, there was a report produced um, by Dataloft and Repit. Um, so they looked at all the instructions across England and Wales for the whole of 2017. And I can't remember the exact figures off the top of my head, but it was something along the lines of around 60% of instructions didn't go on to sell in London and around 45, 50% didn't go on to sell um, in the rest of England and Wales. So that's a huge number of where you've got people that are entering the market that actually do want to sell and they've been given a disservice by their agent for one way or the other. Um, but um, what I wanted to also come back to is what information are you presenting to your potential vendor to confirm that that price is actually overvalued? Because if you've not presented to them evidence to suggest that that price is a bit aspirational um, or kind of uh, hope, then can you really blame the vendor? Because your job there is to be their trusted advisor and the Google of their marketplace or your marketplace. So are you presenting the necessary statistics to suggest? Uh, so I had a look at some stats only yesterday for a different part of the country. And some of the agents there were getting the prices wrong by nearly 20%. So from the original asking price to what it actually went for on land registry at, they were getting it wrong by nearly 20%. And some of these are big agents as well. Um, ones where they've got a very good reputation. So are you, do you know that information? So have you been back through land registry to look at when that property came onto the market? What did it list at? Or what was the last advertised selling price? what was then the percentage of what they achieved so that you can put that information in front of the vendor but also help the vendor choose their price so give them some comparables and ask them where do they feel their property sits in compared to what else um, but also um, I think it was on one of our recent mastermind sessions and Matthew Wood um, said try and buy your house so say to the vendor try and buy your house and get them to do that exercise with you on an ipad in the appointment say look let's see what what you're in competition with because we know that your property is going to go on the market in competition and not isolation to uh, take one of tom panos's phrases so let's have a look what you're in competition with because we then need to outmarket that competition absolutely and um for our listeners and anybody that that's valuing I'd say to you also in a listing presentation, dare to be different. You know, every agent turns up or every agent that I know of turns up with a right move best price guide. I mean, come on, guys, you know, this is 2018. We're heading into 2019. You know, in, in the absence of differentiation, people will buy on price. And I think if you're turning up there with the same drum report that every other agent is, you're, you're not inspiring um, your audience. And I'll give you an example, Luke, you, you mentioned there about the, you know, the price drops. So I don't want to hone in uh, too personally, but in my area yesterday, on day 15 on the market, there were two properties that were listed by um, a, a large national agent in my area. And one was dropped from 210 to 180,000. And the other from 190 
to our offers over 160. Now that's a 30 grand price reduction in 15 days. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Stephen, you want to step in? Yes, I wanted to ask you a question. So you you said about best price guides and some form of differentiation. So what would you do then to be different? Well, firstly, I don't take the best price guide. Um, so I've built up market comparables. I, um, I'm i very analytical, as you know, and I've, I've built a, a platform um, where my team list and have done since the 1st of January 2016, I believe, every single property that comes to the market, it's postcode, it's square footage from floor plan or EPC as a, as a second or a last resort, because obviously they're, they're not always as accurate. I list the price that it comes to the market at, the final price at which it either comes off the market, um, having sold and, and transacted with land registry or comes off the market unsold. Um, and then the land registry transaction price and work out the, the pounds per square foot. So for me, that's a, a really good um, price guide for my clients. Um, I talk about historic sales. Um, I provide historic vendor testimonials uh, um, and, and offer to put them in touch with my previous clients as well. So, um, yeah, that's what I do, Stephen. Okay, that's great. And that's some top advice there. So thank you. Appreciate that because I'm sure there's going to be some listeners out there that wonder what you were doing. One of the questions I know that will that people will ask then is, um, I know obviously it's well worth the effort doing that. And apparently, um, Luke Luke had a demo of something yesterday that may be able to help on that. Um, but time-wise, how do you make the time to sit down and collate all that information? Um, because I know, you know, a lot of comments I get from people and I said the same thing before we started this meeting. It's about, I don't have time. Yeah, well, look, you just make time. Um, if you if you look at the amount of kind of, if, if you look at the amount of time that you waste on listings that are liabilities because, you know, they're either overvalued or, um, you know, we, we can all be busy fools, I guess is what I'm saying. Um I have a structured day, what gets scheduled gets done, famous Stephen Brown saying. Um, and, you know, so my marketplace is just 15,000 chimney pots. It probably takes 15 minutes a day um, at best. Of course, if you're in a, a large city, it could take an hour a day, but then generally you've got the staffing levels to be able to accommodate it. So I think it's just, a, you know, it's a case of get it scheduled, get it done, because if you are going to be the voice of authority in somebody's home, you can't just turn up unannounced. You, you, you can't just turn up unrehearsed. You've, you've, you've got to have it there to back it up. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I just want to come back on something that was said um, earlier, if it's possible, if you don't mind. And that is uh, um, sometimes it's fine to let the instruction go. But what I would say to the vendors is I would advise them to... Um, just don't give these long agency agreements. So, you know, it's ridiculous. Some agents are still doing 12, 16 weeks. Um, it's incredible. So, you know, if an agent's given that price to that vendor, well, you know, I would be saying to the vendor, let them market it at that price. But you and I know, and if you look at Rightmove and if you look at which, both these um, prestigious companies say that a property will sell in the first four weeks of marketing. And 
And if it doesn't, um, then obviously it's down to price or presentation. So if an agent's that confident of a price they're suggesting, then let them have it. But I would advise give yourself notice after two weeks and they've got a month to do it. And if not, then they should be changing agents. What do you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, if you've got the courage of your conviction, um, then I don't think any agent should should shy away from that kind of competition. Um, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant, uh, brilliant advice. Luke, we've got a, another question, I think, which is po- possibly a little bit related to that. Yeah. So um, again, from from another listener. Um, so our second listener out there. Um, sh- I'm coming under increasing pressure to discount my fees. Our Mm. biggest competitor in the town um, also has the biggest market share and is gaining market share, and they are cutting their fees. What should I do? Interesting. I mean, fees is my favorite topic, as as you know. So, um, look, we we don't discount. Um, And I I think for me personally... There has to be a clear path. Um, my view is, in the absence of differentiation, people will will base decision on price. Um, and I say all too regularly to uh, my potential clients: if an agent's discounting their fee, they're not giving away their profit. You know, it's not a case of Mr. and Mrs. Vendor. You've got the the most fantastic house, and you know, I'm quite happy to work for free because you know I enjoy a, a 50, 60 hour week with with no reward. They're not giving away their profit. Of course, the profit margin is still there. What they're doing is investing less in the marketing of your home. Um, and so for me, I think it's a it's, it's imperative that you make that statement and, and you're also able to back it up. But I, I don't know. Stephen, what do you think? Can I ask you a question? Fire away. What's more important to you, more money in your pocket or a cheap fee? more money in the pocket and and i think you know we're able to demonstrate that so so my office at the moment and from the analytics that we've done from the 1st of january 2016 through to now we're achieving an average of 99.6 percent of our original asking price for our clients my nearest competitor is 97.2 so um you know mr and mrs vendor if you want to save one percent on your fee and lose five eight, nine, 10 grand on, on your sale price, you know, fill your boots. It's, it's your call. I, I can only give you the facts and, and you can work with them. But what I can tell you is statistically, my average house price is 192,000 pounds here in Thetford and the average seller based on performance sale agreed price versus or completed price, sorry, versus initial asking price is 5,300 pounds. And that's, you know, so 5,300 pounds more in, in your pocket or do you want to chase a fee? A cheap fee and, and, and lose that money no i i think you're spot on um and you made a point earlier well in fact there's two things i would do so i would have case studies and potentially video case studies where um somebody's gone on with a, a cheap agent and they haven't sold um and you've ended up taking it right second time around and you sold it and you've got them more money in the pocket Um, because I'm sure Luke and and yourself have got plenty of stories where that's happened. Um, Absolutely. You you also mentioned earlier about recommendation, and that's one of the things I would do. I would ask, so, you know, Andy, hopefully you're really, really happy with the service I've provided, and and you're happy with the price that we've achieved. 
Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. Look, from time to time, we get some vendors who aren't sure whether they should use our services. Um, would you be kind enough to act as a referee on um, on our behalf? So effectively, yeah. what that means is you will. Um, I'm going to give out your name and number, obviously with your permission, and then um, they will call you to ask you to ask you about our services. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, you guys have been awesome. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's fantastic. So imagine if you've got 10 people happy to give out their name and numbers. And how often do you think those people would actually get called? Well, listen, I do this, as you know, and um, they, they don't get called in, in truth. It's very, very rare. Um, but if they do, you know, they're prepped, they're ready, and you've given those clients an awesome service. So no issue so how 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 powerful is that message sending out to people that you've got a whole list of people that um really value you really value your service and really value what you've given them it's unrivaled isn't it you know pete the power of a testimonial the power of a, a positive review or a video testimonial or just you know the added layer of authenticity and security and being able to pick up the phone and you know, say to somebody, hey, you know, you, you, you used um, Stephen Brown of SJB. How uh, how did you find him? Yeah, oh, look, they're, yeah, they're not the cheapest, but the, the guy's awesome. The team there are fantastic. Communication's great. Got the deal through. Brilliant after sales process. Yeah, couldn't be happier. You know, the listing's one, isn't it? Can I, can I ask you another question? And this most probably to, to Luke um, as a business owner. Um, what is more important, market share or profit? Um, without a doubt, it's the profit because without the profit, the business doesn't work. So, um, but um, just just on the back of this discounting, um, whenever we lose an instruction based upon fee, it's not based upon fee, it's because we've not done enough to convince the cons customer, consumer, vendor, um, that we are the better agent. So we need to look at how we can do things differently. And sometimes what's been our contact strategy with that client up until the point when they're ready to make that decision, because quite often we're all happy to sit and say fees are, fees are low, fees are going down. And, and we're proud to say that our fees aren't going down, they're actually going up, but we're offering better value, i.e. a better back pocket figure for that vendor. So we're putting more money in the back pockets of our vendors through what we do. But what are you doing up to the point? What's your nurturing process? How are you keeping in contact? So are you doing the annual checkup for those past clients? So are you going out to them? Are you contacting them and saying, look, part, part of our service is that we'd like to come out. You bought the home two years ago. We'd like to come do an annual property checkup for you. Give you an idea on what it's worth today. Help you make better decisions for the future. So that, that's an example. You've got plenty of past clients that, that you can go through usually, but also you've got clients that are st stuck in your database on the purchaser side of things. So not necessarily your, your valuations, have a look at your chains. So you've been involved in chains, progressing sales for the past X amount of years. Okay, if you're a new starter, it's a little bit more difficult, but if you've been involved, so that sometimes chains can involve three, four, five people that are local, local vendors have you reached out to those have you sent them an, an anniversary card have you tried have you door knocked them to offer them a property checkup but look at 
what what's your offering compared to your competitors so is your offering superior what what are the chinks in your armor so what haven't you done so have you not gone into video technology have you not gone into social media um is what happens if someone rings your office and everyone's busy does it go through to a money penny service um does it get picked up just by a voicemail all of those kind of things look at all the touch points that a customer has so that you can kind of wow them at each and every stage of it so that that that's um something i would suggest everyone looks at because you can make these small incremental improvements look at your website does your website website represent what you're trying to portray Do, is it stuck in the 90s does it need updating you don't need to spend a lot on websites now you can speak to people like alex evans at estate taps the property jungle there's lots of providers out there that will help you develop a new website um that's going to have that that presence to replicate what you want to put out there to the marketplace because that's working for you 24 7. yeah absolutely luke i just want to jump in um on something you said there so um uh, obviously i visit and, and hear and communicate with a lot of agents and i was speaking to a business owner the other day and they said to me um, Andy, I, I need to motivate my staff. Um, it's, you know, I, I'm getting it's quiet. There's no vowels coming in. Um, and I, I just want to uh, say um, and, and a special shout out to Catherine in my office at this point, because our diaries have gone quieter and the dreaded C word, you know, I hate that bloody word. But, it, you know, Christmas is, doesn't start until the 21st of December, as Tom Panos said. But the, the diary has looked a little bleaker. And so Catherine in my office has been using that time. Now we went back through our last year's anniversary sellers so um, and did exactly the exercise that you've just described. Um, and last week I carried out 10 anniversary MAs and the feedback from those, six of those specifically said, I think this is an awesome idea. I've never, you know, uh, var variations of, I've never had an estate agent stay in touch with me post sale so luke that is is absolutely brilliant advice and i can tell you from the implementation in my team it works yeah no definitely but one thing i would say is don't let the mark don't do these things when the market's starting to slow down or when you get these seasonal changes have a system in place where you're doing it rigorously day in day out so it gets scheduled because obviously what gets scheduled gets done so that then you're not going to have as many of the low times. You're going to be more immune to some of these fluctuations. But then also, um, it's, I always remember listening to, I think it was one of Tom Panos's Sunday night rants. Imagine a 100 metre race with you doing all of these little touch points. You're probably 20 metres ahead of your competitors so that you haven't got to sprint to the end you've just got to coast along and you're still going to win that race but you need to be 20 meters ahead before the competitors come on to that potential valuation so that you've already won their trust because we know that trust is the key to getting the better fees getting the instruction also retaining happy clients and also that better word of mouth advertising definitely customer uh, customer retention paramount and i think as as we've already said we're a, a, as an industry as a whole we're a really poor customer retention industry can i just jump in there and sadly i know we're going to have to end this very shortly because um we've run out of time so i think we're going to go and we're going to go and answer the other questions in another um episode but i just want to end where 
literally I've just come back from a, a property conference where I was asked to speak um, and there must have been 200 people there. And just to demonstrate, um, you know, you talk about lack of stay in touch policy. So I asked a very simple question to everybody in the audience, um, stand up if they if they own a property. And out of the 200, I think about 150 people stood up. And then I said, um, can you stay standing if you've had a telephone call from your estate agent since you bought the property? Um, can you guess how many stayed standing? I'd say less than 10, I, I would imagine. But go on, tell us. Yeah, it was four. Okay. This is wow. Shocking, okay. isn't it, Stephen? Now, I've been very fortunate where I've spoken at five conferences this year and I do exactly the same thing. And the, and the answer is exactly the same every single time um and it's scary because you know let's face it all agents want higher fees they want customer loyalty um and they want more revenue but how are you going to get higher fees how you get customer loyalty and more revenue if you're not keeping in contact with these people um so there are so many opportunities that you have in front of you um, and you're spot on. Don't wait for it for the market um, to get quieter because um, everything you do in the next 30 days is going to impact what happens in the next 90 days. So it's so important to be on the phone, um, be adding value, be telling people what's going on. If a property's just come onto the market, if a property's just sold, the anniversary checkups. I mean, you've got so many opportunities to stay in touch. And I know the uh, America, I don't know if anybody's read Gary Keller, the million, the million dollar um, estate agent or real estate agent. Um, the Americans have got 33 touch points um, throughout the year. So again, that's a great book. Highly recommend reading it. Um, but there's so many opportunities out there despite the market and I know I'm going on a bit but I'm going to end it by one final thing I played a little game with myself um, this week and I've spoken to four different people and, and just had conversations about you know similar where they live have they heard from an agent um, and with my four conversations I found landlords that you know I didn't know about but they had, um, I think, 15 properties between themselves. None of them had been asked about um, would they be interested in buying another property. So there was a refinancing opportunity there. Um, I managed to get a market appraisal from all of them because they were all curious. Um, and so just by speaking to people, asking the right questions, you've got so many opportunities um, in front of you. So... But is that not is that not exciting that the market is there for agents to have that all of all of our competitors are not doing what we class as the basics so there's a huge market to go at so in six twelve months time you're not going to be worried about low fees you're not going to be worried about low stock because if you put that stay and it's not going to pay back straight away but if you put that stay in touch policy in place you will reap the rewards from that. But also the customer reaps the rewards because you're helping them. You're helping them make better decisions for the future. Hundred percent. You asked at the um, beginning of the podcast, "Why is Stephen Brown awesome?" Rewind that track about two minutes, and that's everything about why Stephen Brown is awesome. I think that the the key message here is consistency. What gets scheduled gets done, and I think as an industry, we are really, really poor 
at knee-jerk reaction. So um, we wait till the market dries up or the listings dry up, and then we furiously canvas. If you're doing all of those things, having those conversations in the background, and you've got the systems and the processes in place, then you'll be one of the elite estate agents. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for all of your questions. Please, if you like what you listen to, give us a rate, a share or a review. We really appreciate it. The thumbs up uh, brightens our day. Um, But for now, from me, Andrew Overman, and from my colleagues, Luke Sinclair and Stephen Brown, goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye.